Hello, my name is Kevin Fernando and I'm a GP partner at North Berwick Health Centre near Edinburgh and also Education Director of GP Notebook Education. We are living and working in unprecedented and challenging times. And whilst there is a lot of helpful information online and elsewhere about COVID-19, there is also considerable information overload. Now, in this brief podcast, I'm going to discuss some evidence-based practical advice for us to consider in primary care to potentially reduce the transmission of coronavirus in the form of nasal irrigation and gargling with saline solution. Now, this is essentially flushing out your nostrils with salt water to wash out mucus, allergens and pathogens. And this has been used as a home remedy for many years. However, recently it has been shown in the literature to help improve symptoms of acute viral upper respiratory tract infection, but also notably to reduce viral transmission, including a coronavirus species. Now, Ramalingam, a consultant virologist by trade and colleagues, have demonstrated in a paper published during 2018 that in the laboratory setting, epithelial cells, such as those found in the upper respiratory tract, can mount an antiviral response. However, this response requires chloride to potentiate the antiviral effect, hence the need for hypertonic saline solution. Now, the authors have demonstrated inhibition of a range of viruses, including a coronavirus, HCOV-229E, for the budding virologists out there. As such, the authors have extrapolated this antiviral effect against the current coronavirus SARS-CoV-2, which causes coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. This, of course, needs confirmed and further research is awaited. Subsequently, in the Elvis pilot study published during 2019, Ramalingam and colleagues have shown that for individuals with established upper respiratory tract infections, nasal irrigation and gargling with a hypertonic saline solution improved symptoms and duration of illness, but also notably resulted in a reduction in viral transmission to household contacts. Now, we also have some past evidence, albeit of mixed quality, that nasal irrigation is effective as a prophylactic measure to prevent the reappearance of viral symptoms. And this is also supported by Ramalingam's original laboratory research. So how do we make sense of this in primary care? And what might we advise our patients, friends and family to do? Well, the Elvis study usefully provides some simple instructions and videos on its website on how to prepare a hypertonic saline solution and how to perform nasal irrigation at home. The website is www.elvisstudy.com. Alternatively, WebMD has a useful slideshow demonstrating how to perform nasal irrigation. Simply Google WebMD nasal irrigation. Now, there's no doubt it is fiddly and time-consuming, but in a nutshell, mixed one heaped teaspoon of salt, ideally sea salt, if not table salt, will suffice, with 200 mils boiled water and allow it to cool. Fill a squeezy bottle or syringe or similar with this saline solution. Lean forward over a sink at around about a 45-degree angle and tilt your head so that one nostril is pointed down towards the sink. Don't tilt your head back. Then squeeze in the saline solution into your nostril 
and then let it run out your other nostril and it may also possibly come out of your mouth. Then gently blow your nose to clear out the remaining solution and then repeat the procedure with your other nostril. Now, pragmatically, if we are considering nasal irrigation as a prophylactic measure, that is to say, in the context of no current viral symptoms and to potentially reduce transmission of coronavirus, then consider performing nasal irrigation twice daily. However, if you are symptomatic of an upper respiratory tract infection, then consider performing nasal irrigation three to six times a day. But of course, be guided by symptoms. Now, whilst the Elvis study did show a reduction in transmission of viral illness to household contacts, contaminations of taps and sinks is something we should be very aware of. Therefore, after performing nasal irrigation and gargling, clean sinks and taps and wash your hands thoroughly. Other possible downsides include nasal irritation, which is often mild, and of course, some people will just not like squirting water up their noses. Now, I appreciate this is only a small pilot study, but as we're all largely confined to home for the foreseeable future, I feel this is something we should all consider to potentially reduce transmission of coronavirus and flatten that curve. Finally, there have been several reports of anosmia, or loss of smell, as a presenting symptom of COVID-19 in otherwise mild cases. In South Korea, where testing has been more widespread, 30% of patients testing positive have had anosmia as their major presenting symptom in otherwise mild cases. ENT UK issued a recent statement suggesting it could be potentially used as a screening tool to help otherwise asymptomatic patients who could then be better instructed on self-isolation. I am hypothesizing, but perhaps these individuals may benefit from nasal irrigation to help improve symptoms, but also to potentially reduce carriage and transmission of coronavirus. So stay strong, everyone. We will get through this. We will. The strength, solidarity, and selflessness demonstrated by my primary and secondary care colleagues has made me never prouder to be part of the NHS. Safe home all. <laughs>